Welcome to the CapTech podcast with President Sims. I'm president of Capital Technology University. We're a small, private, nonprofit, fully accredited university in Laurel, Maryland, focused on building and enhancing careers for industry and demand areas. We have been in business since 1927 and focus on STEM or management of STEM degrees at the bachelor's, master's, and doctoral levels. Today, we have Dr. Nikki Robinson. She is currently a security architect with IBM. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Robinson. Yeah, thank you for having me. Could you give us a little overview of your background? Sure, I will uh, try to keep it brief. Uh, (laughs) But um, so I kind of started my career uh, while I was getting my undergrad degree uh, on help desk, actually. So I kind of started in IT. I did everything from Active Directory and Exchange and SCCM and uh, web development. Um, And then uh, sort of got into government contracting. So um, I've had the pleasure of working with everybody from DOD to the Department of Energy, uh, the National Archives, um, which has been really cool. Um, And then just recently started my adventure, you know, with IBM kind of on the uh, private sector side, which has been cool too. Uh, But so I started in IT and I was managing uh, virtual desktop infrastructure and I was doing all the patch management. I was doing the security audits and uh, from the IT perspective, I got really interested in security. So I had I had gotten my master's degree at that point. And so I was uh, really interested in vulnerabilities and vulnerability management. So I started kind of digging around into low and medium vulnerabilities, uh, which is where I ended up doing some research uh, on the academic side, and then um, kind of took that into a, uh, moved that into a security career. Um, so I had, I did the uh, DSC in cybersecurity uh, kind of as I was working in IT and then moved my way into security. Um, and that's where I've been ever since. So you went on for advanced degree, especially a doctorate degree. Could you tell me why did you think that was important to go ahead and, and work towards that advanced degree? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I've always had a love of academia. It's always something I've been interested in. Um, I think education is really important in really kind of in any way, whether that's trade school or uh, going to, to a, you know, a traditional four-year school, whatever it might be. Um, for me, the advanced degree was really about the ability to learn how to conduct and then to conduct research. Um, I have a lot of ideas and thoughts, and uh, especially as I was doing research on vulnerabilities, um, I really wanted to kind of see if some of the ideas that I had would be applicable. Um, I was really interested in published research. So actually getting some of my thoughts and ideas out there and getting published. Um, And I knew that uh, getting a doctorate would certainly be the way to help me kind of get there. Uh, So so getting the doctorate for me was kind of that push for me to, to really get into writing and to get into, you know, really academic and, and scholarly writing. Um, and then to ultimately take that research and hopefully apply it to my uh, day job as well and ha- uh, hopefully solve some problems along the way. How do you see working in an industry that you blend your academic research with your career? Yeah, so the so it's interesting because um, research has been, I think, especially when I was in IT, um, I didn't really see a lot of people using academic research, uh, you know, to solve problems, you know, it was really more of a, hey, we've got this process, we've got this thing, we've got this new tool, um, this new technology, let's do this. 
Um, and I, and I felt like that was a piece that was really missing that could potentially solve these problems. It's one of those things that I've seen, whether in, uh, from the it side or from the security side, where I keep seeing some of these same problems over and over again, whether it's communication issues, uh, or software problems or, uh, you know, you name it. And, uh, so I was like, well, what if I start to, what if I start to see what researchers are doing? What are they working on? Um, let me see if they're starting to solve some of the problems that I'm seeing day to day um, and kind of go from there. And I, I've, I've found that it's been really helpful um, just to kind of see because and chances are, if I'm asking a question, somebody else is asking it too. Uh, so I can go out and see, you know, if I don't find a technical solution, maybe I can find a researcher who's developed a tool or who is developing a tool or a framework um, so that's why it's kind of important for me. It's like another avenue to, uh, to help troubleshoot and solve problems. You've been in the, the field for several years now. What, what do you see is the industry demand for these type of IT or security jobs? Yeah, so security is having a major boom right now. Uh, I think there's definitely a need for uh, more, not just more security people, but more security people with diverse backgrounds whether it's educational or professional backgrounds. Uh, we need a lot of security people who are excited about it and um, wanna help kind of solve these problems because um, I see this over and over again where it's like, let's buy this new tool, let's implement this new technology and then security comes after. Um, I was talking with a colleague about this earlier today. Uh, we were talking about IoT and it was like, oh, this, there was this huge IoT boom, what, like a couple of years ago, it just became this huge thing. And now everything's IoT. And then like six months later, everybody was like, oh, people can hack that. Maybe we should secure that. Uh, so I think there's this big need for uh, security people, but not just that, but for the industry to sort of change around those jobs uh, to allow those people with security backgrounds, with technical backgrounds uh, to kind of be involved in uh, project management, business strategy, uh, to kind of be involved in the business, um, especially when you're talking about small and medium businesses that maybe need some help as far as security infrastructure goes, um, to kind of have people come in and help them solve those problems. Uh, so yeah, so security is definitely seeing a huge boom. And I think as far as IT, the need for developers is so huge right now. Uh, in all aspects. <laughs> I think uh, we certainly need more software developers and engineers out there uh, because we're trying to, you know, a lot of the industry is trying to build new tools, build new applications, or build on to applications uh, to try to help make them work better, make them work more efficiently. Um, and uh, as far as that goes, there's also a huge need, I think, in UX and design I think human factors, um, I'm not biased at all. I'm going after a PhD in human factors, but I'm not, I'm not biased at all. Um, <laughs> but I think human factors really plays uh, big into a lot, of the, um, a lot of the IT and security industry as well. So I think we need more people out there that are uh, kind of pursuing those things and maybe make their way into security. If you're a career changer, let's say you're a career changer and you wanna get involved in these fields, but you're not really associated with them currently, do you have any advice and the difficulty or not difficulty or what should you do to move into these markets? Sure. So I actually, um, so I, I certainly had pushback in my career when I was in IT. Uh, you know, when I was pursuing the doctorate in cybersecurity, I had a lot of people tell me that, you know, well, 
you know, that you don't need that, or that's not going to help you. You know, you're in it, you don't need a degree and all this stuff. Uh, but it was something I really believed in and something that I knew I wanted to pursue. Um, and that's what landed me my job in security, uh, was actually <laughs> meeting someone through the program and getting an opportunity to kind of show them my skills and my interest and passion. And I ended up getting a job that way. Um, so I think education is great. Um, a, a great way, whether it's through a traditional school or through its uh, certifications. There's a lot of great certification options out there, whether it's in IT or security, um, and a lot of low cost options too. So there's a lot of great ways if you're trying to transition, like let's say from finance to security. Um, let's say you have a finance background, finance degree, and you're interested in getting into security. Uh, there's a lot of great career pathing and certification pathing out there. I highly suggest um, as far as like uh, certification and education, um, going and looking at those learning paths because there's a lot available open source stuff that you can uh, read and digest um, and, uh, and certainly include on your resume too. You know, it's great to show that, hey, I've done this training. I'm interested in this. You know, I want to learn this. Um, and then from the other side, uh, I think getting a mentor, you know, really having, at, I mean, at least one maybe a couple people who are kind of in your corner um, and can help guide you, not just in certifications, but in things that you should learn. Um, I didn't know this before I got into security, but security is this huge uh, field. There's so many things that you can do uh, from digital forensics, incident response, security analysis, security architecture and design. Uh, you can go into executive management. Um, so there are a lot of different paths there. So having someone who's maybe in the field uh, to reach out to and talk to uh, and tell them about what you're interested in, they, they can probably help guide you. Um, and I highly, highly, highly suggest using LinkedIn. Um, I use it, I'm a big proponent of it, about just kind of getting your interests out there because if you don't tell people what you're interested in, uh, how are they gonna know? Um, so I think, having a platform and not being afraid to use it either. So get on LinkedIn, meet some people, connect with them, genuinely talk with them, ask them questions. Uh, there are so many people on LinkedIn who are willing to uh, lend their time, their expertise, um, and just offer, uh, offer up some advice. Um, so I highly suggest using something like LinkedIn to kind of uh, leverage that and ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask questions because uh, we don't know what we don't know. Going back to the certifications, are there some specific ones that you would say that you must have that are, are extremely important? So I would say de certainly depending on which field that you're trying to get in, I can say personally for me, I got the CEH, the Certified Ethical Hacker from EC Council. Uh, that was a foot in the door for me. Um, so I, and I'm a big fan of that one. It's a nice, uh, they have a hands-on exam. So you can do a practical exam, or you can just take the test, which is just the, uh, you know, kind of multiple choice scenario based one. Um, and then you could do both potentially, but it's a, it's a nice foot in the door. Um, there are a lot of the CompTIA certifications like Security Plus, Network Plus, any of those that are really great entry level um, exams. Depending on what space you're in, you know, if you're, if you're a government contractor, you probably need at least Security Plus, and then ultimately you're probably going to have to have CISSP uh, because that's just the way that the uh, industry is right now. It's the ISC2 
certification, uh, but it's very well regarded in the industry as far as uh, sort of being a higher level credential. Um, so you may need to pursue that at some point. Um, I, I really like those. If you have the training budget, so if you have the training budget and, and you know your company is supportive of this, I highly suggest uh, SAN certifications too. Um, they're great, but they are very expensive. <laughs> so if you're trying to get into the field, they may not be the first thing that you want to go for. But uh, if you've been in the field for a little bit, and like I said, maybe you have uh, a nice training budget, uh, SANINs could be, they have a lot of great certifications like the GCIH, the Certified Incident Handler. Um, they have Security Essentials certification, which is a nice entry-level one. Um, so yeah, so there's a lot out there that, that I certainly recommend. If you want to provide advice to uh, somebody who may be a high school student going into these areas, do you have any bachelor's degree programs you would recommend? Uh, yes. Well, um, <laughs> see, here's where my bias comes in, because <laughs> I think Capital does a great job of having uh, really technical hands-on degrees. Um, there are some other schools that are doing it too. Um, there are some good small schools too um, out there. I think University of Maryland has a nice, a nice one too. Um, but I would say certainly do your research because you want to make sure that you're getting a technical degree, someone that's going to be able to um, you know, give you that hands-on lab experience. Uh, that, that I know has been really beneficial for me um, when I was looking at, so uh, like the graduate program I actually did with Capital, which was the, the Masters of uh, Information Systems and Telecommunications Systems Management. That was great because it gave me the hands-on experience and then the management as well, um, which I'm a big fan of because I feel like if you're going to get a graduate degree, uh, but if it's in a technical field, you have to be able to blend the technical and the management kind of expertise together. Uh, so I say, yes, yeah, certainly do your research, um, you know, depending on where you're from or, or, or what area you're in, uh, make sure you get a technical school with great professors, you know, people that are actually going to be able to be um, you know, professors of practice, be able to actually really help you understand the industry. What might be like a typical job title or job duties for either a, a new graduate with a bachelor's or a master's student who wants to kind of get involved in this uh, area? Yeah, so a security analyst is a really nice entry-level uh, position for anybody that's getting into security. It's almost like when you start in IT and you start on a help desk, that's kind of like the kind of your introduction um, to, to IT. Uh, so working in a SOC, a security operations center as a security analyst uh, is certainly a great way to get a foot in the door, uh, but you don't have to be technical to get into security. You, if you have a background in um, maybe technical writing, or you know maybe you have sort of a background that's maybe more, uh, you have a lot more writing and editing experience, uh, you could become um, a security assessor. So someone who, who writes security assessments, maybe writes security plans and policies. Uh, so you could come in and evaluate systems, but more from the documentation perspective. So uh, there's certainly many options available, but yeah, from a entry level, uh, maybe undergrad, I would say security analyst or security assessment. And when you get to that master's level, you might be, again, depending on, so if you're technical, uh, you may want to do something like digital forensics or incident response. Uh, incident response is certainly exciting uh, and something that you might do at the graduate level. Um, and then if you're not as technical, you could always be, um, so there's different forms. So there's 
like an ISSO, an ISSE, and an ISSM. Information system security, O for officer, E for engineer, and M for manager. So that security assessor, you would be an ISSO. And if you had the management experience or the graduate level experience, you might be an ISSM. So you might go in as a manager um, and help manage security teams uh, and kind of leverage that kind of that higher education background that you've got. I'm a big proponent for internships. What do you think about undergraduates and their internship? How important would that be for an undergraduate student? I think they're super important. And I, I certainly want to see more companies doing internships. Um, that's one of the great things I'm actually going to say about IBM. They have a huge internship program. Um, and I can't say enough about companies that do that because not only are you giving someone an opportunity to learn and to grow, um, you know, you're potentially uh, going to hire those people and they've, you're kind of teaching them the business. You're kind of giving them uh, a foot in the door, so to speak. Um, and I think intern internships, either for high schoolers or for undergrad, um, you know, you could do them in different ways, but I think there's a, um, I think there's an opportunity for both there to kind of help. Um, it's something I wish I had an internship into like a security program because I didn't understand all of the um, amazing and different fields within security that there are, you know, there's so many um, uh, different fields within security that I hadn't even considered. Uh, and maybe if I had had kind of that internship or that, you know, kind of that, that introduction uh, into what security programs really do, you know, maybe I would have had a different career path, who knows. Um, but I think it's really important to give people a chance um, and to help them learn along the way. So, yeah, so I think internships are, are really important. Are there any industry associations that you recommend for students or individuals looking for career change or, or whoever may be interested to go ahead and join because there's opportunities such as networking or understanding a little bit more about the industry? Is there any associations that you think that um, would be a good for folks to participate with? Sure, yeah, so uh, I'm a big fan of uh, WICYS, the um, W-I-C-Y-S, uh, Women in Cyber. So uh, they have chapters all over the country. They're great about, um, you know, if you're a woman and you're looking to get into cyber, you don't have to be, you can be a man and be in Women in Cyber too. But uh, if you're a woman and you're looking to get into security or, uh, you know, you're trying to network and, and meet more people, that's a great organization. Uh, ISC2, so the ones that have the CISSP, there's a lot of local ISC2 uh, chapters. Uh, same thing around the country that you can look into and see what your local chapter might be. Uh, those are great. Uh, they usually have really great technical presentations and local people that'll come on, you know, kind of local industry experts that'll come on and, and speak to you uh, about a variety of topics. Uh, there's also ISSA, ISSA. Uh, they have a lot of chapters um, around uh, the U.S. as well. Um, they also do lots of great technical uh, presentations as well. And you get kind of a, a good range of IT and security people at those. Um, I highly recommend, so it's not an organization, but a uh, conference. So if you're looking to go to a relatively inexpensive conference um, and get some really great technical information, uh, B-Sides, they have conferences all over the country. Um, they have different chapters as well. Um, and they always put on great content. Uh, 
so if you're looking to learn something, uh, you can always go to a B-Sides conference. And like I said, they're relatively inexpensive. So for someone who's trying to get in and maybe can't afford that big RSA ticket, um, you know, it's something that, that you know, kind of gets you started and uh, get you uh, a wide variety of topics. Those are great groups. Capital Tech founded Women in Critical Infrastructure, and it's on our website. You can access it at womenci.org. And it eventually became a chapter, subchapter, basically, in women in cybersecurity. And quite a few members now. It's free to join. So I encourage folks to go there and visit that as well. With your current position and uh, 20,000-foot view as a security architect, what is the future? Oh, I love this question. So, <laughs> um, all right. So uh, from a security perspective, well, so let me, I'm going to go down a little bit. I'm going to, I'm going to hop down a few feet um, because vulnerability management is sort of my wheelhouse. That's what I love to do. It's what I love to talk about and try to solve some of the challenges around vulnerability management. So specifically in vulnerability management, I think a lot is going to be changing. I think, uh, well, I hope, I hope we're going to see a lot more uh, software companies and people that are securing their products out of the box so that you have to sort of strip away security controls instead of adding security controls once you get them. Um, I'd kind of like to see that because I think it would make it a lot easier on uh, IT teams and smaller businesses that maybe don't have the bandwidth to maybe secure their products or you know maybe even have the technical expertise to do it. Um, so I'd love to see that. Uh, I also think there's an opportunity for uh, improving tooling overall. So I, I'm hoping, again, I'm, I'm trying to look into my lens, but I'm also kind of hopeful too that uh, we work towards tooling and tuning our tooling, not just buying new products to buy new products, but to tune what we have, figure out what we have and try to make it work as best as we can instead of trying this constantly, um, you know, we talk about it as like technical debt, but all this software and these tools and this hardware and cloud and this and that, and maybe try to help um, minimize our, our kind of our threat landscape. So uh, scaling things back a little bit, seeing what we can kind of um, consolidate. Uh, and then from that 20,000 foot view, again, I'm not biased at all. It has nothing to do with the PhD in human factors, but I do see in the future, is this is still sort of bleeding edge emerging, um, but there's a lot of research going on in human factors and cybersecurity. And so I think the future really holds a lot more blending psychology um, and really encouraging people with like a psychology background or a cognitive psychology background or behavioral psychology can kind of come in and help security programs uh, help the user. You know, I, I think that's um, one of the biggest challenges we have right now is sometimes our technology, we can't you know, you know, we can't block some certain websites or we can't, you know, do certain filtering that we'd like to do. Um, so maybe we can help our users educate them in the proper way um, or help give them the tools themselves, uh, you know, to kind of feel empowered as security people, um, you know, so to kind of help them along the way. Uh, so that's kind of where I see the future of security in general, um, just from my experience. And related to that in fall of 2021, Capital Tech is going to be adding both a master's and a doctorate in cyberpsychology. Uh, Dr. Mary Aiken will be the department chair of the cyberpsychology program. You can look her up on the website. So that's rolling out this fall. And for the listeners, I just want to highlight that uh, Dr. Robinson has two, he's working on the second PhD. 
So she has a doctorate in cyber psychology. She's working on a doctorate in human factors as well. Maybe you could highlight why you would want to have two doctorate degrees. Sure. Um, so I think, so the DSC in cybersecurity for me was, uh, that was like a no-brainer for me. That was, there are not a lot of um, schools that are doing a DSC specifically. I was very interested in the doctorate of science um, title specifically, uh, and not to mention that, but in cybersecurity. So it was that kind of that cybersecurity technical aspect um, of what you're doing with the doctorate degree. For me, the PhD in human factors is like a perfect add-on for that. It helps to show an expertise in two kind of different fields and how I'm gonna blend them as I kind of move forward in research. Um, I'm actually really, really excited about the cyber psychology program that you guys have coming. I'm like, oh man, do I need to get a third doctorate? <laughs> no, no, uh, but, but I do think um, for me, having two doctorates, it helps to kind of show that expertise in two fields. And then, uh, like I said, to kind of blend them together and show that there is this kind of emerging field. There's this, this field that needs to be explored and we need more researchers out there uh, working on these, these challenges and kind of blending these fields together. Thank you for coming on the show today. Yeah, thank you for having me. You can uh, find more about Dr. Nikki Robinson on LinkedIn, and she also has a podcast of her own. You might want to connect with her and listen to her podcast. I want to thank everybody for attending the Cap Tech podcast today. Remember Capital Technology University. We've been around since 1927. Our website is captechu.edu. Check us out, and thanks for listening.